Greetings members old and new, and welcome back to the Possibility Department, your one-stop shop for the modern-day occultist. If you find yourself entertaining the possibilities of anything and everything when it comes to the great unknown, then this is the place for you. My name is Luciana and I'll be your host as we dive into what I like to call spiritual and psychological templates for living our lives, interpreting our lives, and creating change in our lives. Take what you like, toss what you don't, and remember that what we talk about on this podcast is just as far-fetched as the concept of any higher power. Alright, let's talk about some weird sh- Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Possibility Department podcast. This is a bonus episode. As many of you know, I have transitioned to only two public podcasts per month. I do one every other week, Um, and we had the interview with Rachel the Veil Witch last week, and I'm bringing you a bonus episode with none other than Joanna DeVoe. She's one of the I like to say one of the original biz witches, one of the the original people out here making a business out of basically being a witch and a coach and uh, a mentor and creating all this content, or at least in my arena. Um, her podcast, Hippie Witch, was a huge introduction for me for the more psychological aspects of witchcraft, and I'm sure that there's a current of her energy running through everything I do, because she was a huge inspiration to me, especially in the beginning and now as well. So I highly encourage you to listen to Hippie Witch if you don't already. Um, if you like my podcast, you'll likely like Hippie Witch and all of her content, and her brand is Kickass Witch. That's all going to be linked But basically, this interview is about managing a spiritual business. It's advice for people who want to start a spiritual business, um, how to manage everything from your time to how much you share and your boundaries and so forth. Super interesting, super amazing interview. Um, For Season of the Witch here in October, I'm interviewing three self-proclaimed witches. So last week was uh, Rachel the Veil Witch. This week is Joanna DeVoe. And then I have one more coming up for you that I'm super excited about. So please remember that if you prefer the videos of these, you can get access to the video on any one of my Patreon levels. Um, So even if you're at the $5 level, you can get access to all the video interviews plus all of the other podcasts. I have had some of you say that you kind of miss my solo episodes. I'm doing solo episodes still, but they're over on Patreon. So um, here on the public podcast, it is going to be mostly interviews. It's going to be rare for me to do solo episodes anymore. Um, And you'll see in the interview, we kind of talk about the theme of sharing, but I I feel safer sharing my personal experiences, especially in spirituality, over on Patreon. So speaking of Patreon, I have to thank my sponsor level patrons who make this possible. This is everyone in level three and level four who are really going that extra mile to ensure that you get this free content. They're basically the ones who are paying for you to get this free stuff. So... Thank you so much to Brianna, Bill, Jewel, Susie, Kelly, Brittany, Ingrid, and Luna. And thank you, Tara, Mariella, Erica, and Marie. Thank you all so much for supporting me on level three and level four. And thank you for all my other patrons, level one and level two as well. And as always, if you want to join all the fun on Patreon, we're doing Season of the Witch for October um, in the last audio that I dropped. It was about 50-something minutes, and we talk about the origins of Wicca and how weird that is. 
And uh, in the last one, we talked about uh, witchcraft in the 16th century and some of the lingering stereotypes. So we're having a lot of fun there. If you want to join the fun, head over to the link below um, to the Possibility Department's Patreon and come join the Occultist Lab. Without further ado, I am thrilled to present you with the interview with Joanna DeVoe, who is a witch, a coach. She is an author working on a novel. She has an amazing Patreon. She is a podcast host and everything else that you'll find out through the interview. Um, I hope you enjoy this interview with Joanna DeVoe. Welcome to the Possibility Department podcast, Joanna DeVoe. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. Hello, Possibility Department <laughs> podcast listeners. <laughs> That's where you are, yeah. <laughs> was, it was a mouthful before it came out of my mouth. I was like, say it right, Joe, say it right. <sighs> and I've thought of changing the name so many times, but it's like, that's what people are used to now. So I'm just, I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, I, I actually love the name. I think the Possibility Department, it's just this wonderful mix of actually saying what it is, but also there's mystery to it. I, I it's, it's a paradox. I like yes. it. Very much. That was the, that was the intention. I'm glad you <laughs> caught that. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to have you here today for like so many different reasons. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows that I think I found you in like 2015 when I was working um, like my retail job and I was on overnights and I literally went into like Apple podcasts and just typed in which, and then you came up and it was, um, you know, I got hit with that old intro that you had with like the guitar riff. <laughs> it was like all hard rock and everything. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is cool. And then I was hooked. And you and uh, Tess Whitehurst were kind of like my intro into the more witchy world. So like for selfish reasons, my first question is, how did you first find witchcraft? Because in all of the listening to your podcast, I, d I don't remember you ever telling like how you first found it. So I would love to know. It's because it's not like a clear path. There wasn't like a moment, you know, for me, it's, it was an evolution. It really started. I think it started with personal development. And yeah. even before that, it goes all the way back to Christianity. <laughs> I think I was a very magical kid, but I was raised Mennonite brethren, super, super Jesus centric. Everybody we knew was Christian and my parents wanted it that way. Uh, and I just had this connection with Jesus that yeah. now looking back was very magical. And then when I left all that in my teens, I gravitated toward personal development, which is so much about changing your mind, like changing your th thoughts. It's your, it's a mindset thing in a yeah. lot of ways. And it, and it deals a lot with fear. Like, how do you overcome yourself to be the person that you know you're meant to be? Right. These are questions I still ask to this day. And then that kind of flowed into all the new age, everything. And I would get excited about something. Yeah. You know, some, like a form of Buddhism, for example, or Taoism. And I'd get really into it and I would learn a ton. And then I would just... I never wanted to take on a label. I was yeah. never interested in a new religion. It was like, well, if I'm going to leave religion, why would I go out and get another one? Is this a long answer? No, this <laughs> is, is perfect. I know. I, this okay, is this okay. is what I was curious about. So okay. <laughs> keep going. So, um, <laughs> I would kind of take what works for me and then mm -hmm. move on to the next thing. And 
I did always have this fantasy, not always, I don't know when it started, but for a long time I had the fantasy, like when I'm an old lady, like when I'm an old woman, like so old that you can kind of get away with anything and people are like, there's Angel <laughs> doing her weird thing. I was like, then I will call myself a witch, you know? Yeah. And, and I had this fantasy of being like, this little old lady that would like throw open her cupboard doors and I would have all the potions. All the jars. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would be able to be the one that you could come to in the night and I would have the cure that ails you. Like I love that <laughs> fantasy. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I had a number of crisis points throughout my life. I, I think my 20s, it was just one big hot mess. Uh, that's around the time I discovered Law of Attraction, and that was very, that I think started getting the wheels spinning, like, isn't this magic? What are we doing here? I had a yeah. lot of success with it, by the way. That's important to note, because it's really popular in the witchy community to hate on Law of Attraction, which cracks me up! Like, it is, it's like the, we're doing the same thing and hating on each other, it it's very no strange. Sense. It's like, <laughs> if I carry this crystal around, it will protect me, but Law of Attraction is bullshit. It just yes. makes sense to me. <laughs> but um, I had a lot of success with it, and my rule is, if it works, I keep it. Yeah. If it doesn't, maybe it works for someone else, but it just doesn't become a part of my practice. Right. In my 30s, I hit some big crisis points in my life. I needed, I think I really, really needed something to give a framework to my spirituality. And that kind of flowed into witchcraft, um, getting really excited about that. But again, I don't think I'm a a typical witch because I struggle with the with the label witch because when you say I'm a witch a lot of people automatically think Wicca or traditional witchcraft which is yeah. an interesting term because it doesn't really go back that far in our history we don't really have a history of what traditional witchcraft is and not exactly written down anywhere right <laughs> you'd right. be stupid to write, like, write it down at that time <laughs> but there is I guess the people it was like around the 50s that that content started coming out, you know, for the public. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm a spiritual magpie. I take what works for me. The reason I like the word witch is really, it kind of comes down to Aleister Crowley and his definition of magic, which is creating change in, I'm going to say it wrong actually, because there's a number of definitions, but changing, creating change according to your will. Yeah. Like willing change. I think life itself is change and magic is creating change on purpose. And what I have found is that's a whole process. Yes. So I, I will side with the witches who pick on the law of attraction because of the way the law of attraction is taught. Uh, particularly when the secret came out, a lot of people study that. And the teachers that are featured in The Secret will happily tell you behind the scenes, like, that was, that's not the whole story. Like, they just sort of, like. That was for Hollywood, like. <laughs> yeah, they, like, and it was so successful. It still yeah. is very successful, but it, it's almost like the first step. It's, like, the kind of, like, positive thinking, and that is not enough. You cannot, you know, wishful thinking, what is known as magical thinking, will not serve you yeah and that that brings you into a place of spiritual bypass and it's very very dangerous for example if you have an illness 
and you don't seek medical treatment because oh, you think yes. positive, think your way out of it, stuff like that. I understand why people get so outraged by that kind of messaging. Mm-hmm. But what I have found, I teach something that I call the magic star. And it's just a process that I use for magic. It's just what works for me. It's what I built over the years in my own practice. And I like to share it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, mindset leads to your emotional state. Your emotional state leads to the actions that you take. You have to work with what is like mm-hmm. this reality. Like this is the material that you have to work with. So getting very still and present to that is like a point on the star. And then of course, we have the mystery. The co and co-creation. Yeah. <laughs> that are outside your control that you know that's a factor that you just have to accept and so i kind of see that as spiritual guidance yeah i think what's happening in your physical life can be an amazing form of physical guidance so this is an elaborate answer no it was a great that that was again it was for selfish reasons because i thought about it and i was like i never really heard a, a story maybe it is just kind of like a for so much of us, it's a path where you just kind of like pick things up mm-hmm. along the way. So, I mean, it was more of a, a selfish question, but it's interesting you bring that up. We just talked about it in the last interview that I filmed like an hour before this. There's there's this thing that's happening in the spiritual community where people are kind of like at each other's throats. <laughs> and it's, it's like, just happening in general. In general, I, I, everyone's at each other's throats in 2020. Turn. Yeah. <laughs> And there is this whole phenomena of like, um, you know, how far is too far with with spirituality? You know, um, if if you're sick, you need to go see a doctor. So yeah, it's it's a whole theme right now. But I mean, on that, I guess my next question is like, how did your path with witchcraft? At what point did your path with magical thinking and witchcraft and everything else? Where did it cross with business? When did it become business? I think that was first. The My business dad, was first? That mindset, like oh. looking at the world in that way as an entrepreneur. My dad mm-hmm. was a serial entrepreneur and there was a lot of messaging that came with that. He was like, don't go to college. Never go to college. I didn't go to college. You don't need to go to college. Oh, wow. Start your own biz. Like that was kind of his mentality. Yeah. I wanted to go to Hollywood and be a star, but a lot of my Hollywood experience was freelance hustle, making things, you know, and that yeah. sort of was now looking back very entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. but I launched my first business in 2003 and that was a huge learning curve. And, uh, I brought it online in the ooh, spring of 2004 and that was pretty successful. I have to say, I got some good media coverage and I had a nice little following and it had the exact same look that my business has now, the same colors, the same, it was my personality. Yeah. But for me, there was this whole piece of me that was missing and it was this secret part that like filled up all these journals with all of this like spiritual stuff and magic and personal development. I loved it. And it was just kind of bursting, like it wanted to come out. And I started a YouTube channel at the beginning of 2011, I think it was. And it was just like an instant connection. I was talking about witchy things. I, it's, 
I did a series called Hippie Witch. My podcast is called Hippie Witch, and that was inspired by this YouTube series that I did. Oh, I, was, I have no idea of that. Wow. Yeah, I was talking about the law of attraction as magic, and nobody was talking about, not that I saw, like zero people were talking about that at that yeah. time. I was kind of framing, like, this is witchcraft. This is wit magic, and people mm -hmm. loved it. I did this whole series. I turned it into an ebook and started a podcast March 5th, 2012, and here we are. Wow. No, I started, excuse me. I started the ebook. That's wrong. I started the business, Kick Ass Switch, March 5th, 2012, and then a year later, I started the podcast. But my, the ebook that is my, it's called a lead magnet for any biz witches out there, the free thing. Yeah, that you the free thing draws you in. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was called Hippie Witch, and that was based on that content. And so when I started my podcast a year later, it just seemed like, yeah, Hippie Witch, that feels good. Wow. Um, so what did your business then look like kind of at the very beginning? Was it hard at the beginning? Was there a lot of self-doubt? Because no. I know I'm still doubting myself. So you didn't no. doubt yourself at all. You're just like, I'm doing well, keep in mind my first business I started in 2003. So oh, when, I okay, started, yeah. when I started Kick Ass Switch in 2012, I already knew what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. And I had already, you know, I kind of like connected with this tribe on YouTube. And you know what happens when you connect with an audience on YouTube or a podcast is people start wanting free things and it's really, they're just excited. They're just like happy to know you and they're yeah. loving it. Um, but it can start to feel like, why am I making all this free stuff? <laughs> like when I, yes. I have to pay my bills and right. I have a kid to take care of. And so I was like, I need to transition this into a business. So I just sort of mushed, I took the look of my old business and what I was doing on YouTube and then turned it into kick-ass switch. And I spent like the new year, like of 2012, like really preparing. I was studying the business model of people like Marie Forleo and Gabrielle Bernstein oh. and Daniel Laporte. Those were the women that were really prominent at that time. Like they had this tribe and they were, you know, all the time making content. Yeah. And so I took some ideas from that. I had an elaborate business plan that I didn't end up doing everything on the business plan, but I, I did do like all launched March 5th, 2012. And, and then I hit it hard. I, I went right into a rhythm, which is yeah. something I really recommend people do because it's for you. Because once you're in a pattern of, showing up like I would do a newsletter every weekend uh once I really got rolling like you know and launched the podcast I would do a podcast every Tuesday at noon I had a new piece of video content that went with a blog that that yeah. came out every Thursday so it was like the weekend Tuesday Thursday the weekend Tuesday Thursday rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat it's great because you get into a rhythm with it so it's mm -hmm. good for your energy because it only requires willpower for the setting up of it to get the habit formed. And hopefully that's happening when you're excited. 
when you have like the adrenaline going and you're excited (laughs) and you're like, oh, it's new. So that can carry you through setting a new habit and putting the rhythm in place. But then it's also great for your audience or your readers because they start to understand the rhythm too. And you all entrain to each other to the rhythm. (laughs) And so they're like, ooh, a new podcast will be up at noon on Tuesday. And I did, you know, my thing too, in the very beginning, I really tried to make great videos and they were not great. They were, I mean, the lighting was bad and it was, it was not good. But but technology also wasn't that great back then either. (laughs) I was using a literal camcorder that recorded on tape that I had to Really? Yeah, it was <laughs> I certainly made the effort. Yeah. And I had no lighting, none, zero. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have to like try to fix the lighting so some of them will look like really blown out. And yeah. then some, you know, but I did what I could. Uh, and then with the podcast, I just called in on my telephone to my show when it was live and I just talked for 30 minutes. It was, I remember I that. <laughs> I don't know why people like those episodes, but they still I love them. them. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but kind of my motto that was developed in doing that was like, you know, people want to connect with people. If they like your personality, if they like what you have to say, they don't give a crap about your lighting or if you're calling in on your telephone. I mean, as long as they can hear like what you're saying. I mean, there's a point that you can cross where it's just intolerable. But um, so I just kind of took on this good enough is good enough attitude so I could continue to show up for people. And that's still pretty much my motto today. (laughs) Yeah, I I resonate with that a lot because I'm now starting to get into... I've had the possibility department for two years and I just now quit my job in August. So I'm getting to that point where I'm like finding my, my rhythm, but also trying to find a place where like it works best with my energy levels, because this isn't the kind of work that you can do when you feel crappy. You know what I mean? Like I can't get on a podcast and feel crappy and then provide Oh, good but content. I do. I do all the time. <laughs> do you? I'm like, that was September, 2020. I, (laughs) it really was because my son, I, I, for people who don't know my, I have, he just turned 27, which is wild, but I have, we're the same age. (laughs) No, it's so bizarre to me. Uh, (laughs) uh, So, you know, but he has an extreme form of autism that requires me to shave his face, wash his hair, help him brush his teeth, make all his food, do his laundry. And then also, you know, I want to connect with him and make him feel loved and seen. He does not have friends. He does not have, and all his programs are over. And I'm the Zoom manager for every class that he's doing online, which is great for him. (laughs) But uh, so there's all that. And then I'm trying to run a business. So, so many of like the masterminds that I've done for my business and and things like that have been me showing up with like no makeup on and my hair in a bun, like run, like racing (laughs) last minute with a cup of coffee and be like, huh, I made it. I made it. And then it's just, that is, this is why I always say my business is a spiritual practice because it is my business became my magic. My business became my spiritual practice because when you come racing around the corner with a cup of coffee in your hair, hand and a bun in your hair, and you're like, ah, I made it. Then you have to be present. Yeah. You have to like 
ground down into the moment and be super present. And that's when all your witchy stuff like really helps you. Just flows that's in. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Oh, I know this. Like be mindful, be present, take a pause because we're talking to humans here and they matter. And they're the whole point of doing yeah. the business. So yeah. it's just about other people. And, and, you know, I would love a beautiful website and gorgeous production values. I would like to show up with the full face of makeup and I love fashion, but the, the only thing that matters to me is connecting with people and delivering value. Everything right. else is icing on the cake. Sometimes I just serve up a plain chocolate cake and hope it's good enough. Everyone loves it anyways. Everyone loves everything you put out. It's just like you you I think you went back and, and deleted some of your old episodes, right? And everyone was like, we love those, you know, like I haven't even I wanna I wanna do that to everything. Everything. Um and I have people keep asking me not to. And for a while I waited and then it just became, I got so busy. I didn't really have time to sit there and carefully curate. Cause there are things I want to leave up that I think are valuable. Yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm really excited to just edit everything and like cut it down. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Cause I, I want to, I've only had the podcast for a year and I've talked about wanting to delete some of my first episodes. So I think because like you were saying, you know, I would get home from my job and, you know, I would podcast and the only energy that I had to show up with, I couldn't sit there and like research different topics and come up with like some amazing podcast. All I could do was get on a mic and be like, this is what I'm feeling. <laughs> you know, like, this is what's on the top of my head, you know, but now when I go back, I'm like, there are things that I could have put better that I could have been like more sensitive about. So I, I definitely get it, which I guess leads us into the next thing. You know, what what would you say are some of like the big lessons that you've learned thus far running a business, managing your time, you know, keeping up whatever personal practice you have and, you know, just being a full-time mom? Um, well, speaking of lead magnets, <laughs> I have a free, by the time this comes out, it'll be up, I think, because you said you're going to post this on the 19th, but yes. there's a, a free ebook that I am in the process of creating right now, and it's called BizWitch, and it's about, it's 13 spiritual principles to running your own online personal brand, and it's all that, oh, what wow. you're asking me, but I, you know, when you do an online business, it really does. It can, if you let it become a spiritual practice, because it teaches you about healthy boundaries. It teaches you, it shows you your shadow, like nothing else will, in my yes, opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, motherhood will show you your shadows in a very specific way, but a business will show your shadows in a different way. You know, every relationship you have is an opportunity to learn more about who you are. But when yeah. you start an online business, you're in a relationship with thousands of people. <laughs> So it's like, intense. really, yeah, if you care about shadow work and if you care about self-improvement, and by the way, I don't mean self-improvement, like become a different person. I mean, kind of the reverse, self-improvement as in really coming back to who you truly are and were meant to be and losing all the programming and noise that was imposed upon you 
you know, in your formative years. That's yeah. how I think of self-improvement. It's just becoming more of yourself. If those things matter to you, put yourself out there publicly and see what <laughs> happens. It's so delightful. It's very difficult and it's great. Yeah. It's both. It's awesome and it's terrifying at the same time. And you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about other people. Yeah. And it also brings up the question I think that I'm thinking of a lot now as well is like, how much do I share? How much is safe to share? You know what I mean? Because like we're, mm -hmm. sometimes it, it is crazy for me to think that like, I don't know who's listening to my podcast. I have no idea, you know, like yeah. on Instagram, people leave a like on your photos and like they repeatedly leave likes on your photos and you see their names across the screen. You're like, oh, this person's kind of a fan of my content. Cool. I have an idea of who they are. They might message me and say hi. But with podcasting, there's there's no way of knowing who's who's listening, you know, so it brings up a lot of questions about boundaries. And although I do want to share my feelings and what I'm, I'm going through, because that ties into kind of the spiritual lessons that I'm trying to illustrate how much is too much so i'd be interesting i'd be interested to know how you navigate that as, as well because you do share a lot about your personal life and someone like me um benefits from that because it's able to illustrate kind of whatever point you're trying to make or whatever um like spiritual lesson you're trying to teach about but how do you navigate that I think Patreon has been amazing because I really kind of pulled back once I realized I don't like this. <laughs> I don't want, you know, the unknown, like you're saying, like you don't know who's listening. Yeah. And when a few scary people reach out to you, it's shocking. And that's, that made me want to pull back for a minute. And then I really realized, well, Patreon it's kind of a, it's a paywall, but it, it creates a certain privacy. It creates a it certain does. container. So I feel more free to share there. I've kind of pulled back on what I share so much publicly, but I think it, there's just a fine line because if you're too guarded, if you don't share and you have a personal brand, what's the point? Like you need to be authentically who you are. If you want to serve other people, it really is, beneficial to everybody involved if you're super real about yeah. what your life is. So you kind of have to pick and choose. And I think it's good to be very deliberate. Like what will I share? What you don't have to share the whole of who you are. You don't have to come on and be like, today I started my period. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. We don't need the details. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they do. Maybe that's part of your brand, but I don't need to do right. that. You know, like, <laughs> I'm in a fight with my best friend and she sucks. Like all this stuff is like, I don't need to authentically share my entire experience. So right. the way I discern what to share and what not to share is one, is this going to be helpful to anybody potentially? Could this help another person? And two, does it violate my sense of safety or self-respect? If yeah. I can, if both of those questions are answered to my satisfaction, I'm like, fine, then I shall share. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that feels, that feels good to me. That the, makes reason sense. I, the reason I like to talk about my son having autism is because, and, and I'm very careful about what I share too, because I don't want to be exploitive to his experience and his life. And, and that can get really tricky too, but I want other parents to know like, Hey, <laughs> this can be a good life too. Yeah. And it's 
different. It's a very unique, different life, but I get so much joy from that. And I love being this kid's mom, but it's also a lot of work. And I think those people need to be seen because there aren't people speaking to that. So that's something really personal that I kind of sprinkled. I'll mention it here and there. I don't do like dedicated podcast episodes on it, but I like to throw it out there for other parents that are listening. So they can be like, Oh, she's like me and she's doing this thing and she's doing this thing and she seems pretty happy. Yeah. And it also depicts the, it gives a better illustration of just like the balancing act that is your life you know what i mean and like how you kind of keep everything in that balance um balance ended up being kind of like a theme for this which is funny because it's libra you're a libra when's your birthday did your birthday pass yes september 29th and then my my son it's okay my son is september 30th and um, he was born the day after i turned 20 so we always celebrate our birthdays together but we are super libras like libra a very Libra household. Talk, you know, when I d- got really into having a Scorpio moon and Capricorn rising, it was so helpful to me. I learned so much about myself from really leaning in to the, those parts of my personality, but I have like a stellium in Libra. I'm like yeah. so <laughs> super Libra. And I think that's what, I have a different take on astrology too, which is a whole other conversation, I guess. But the way I personally experience sun signs is this is who you are. This is the shining face that you present to the world. This is how other people experience you. And then your rising sign, I know that this is not conventional astrology wisdom and people will yell at me about it, but this is, I heard an astrologer say this and it became the truth for me, because it resonated with my experience, your rising sign is what you're growing into. It's who you're becoming in this life and the qualities that you're going to develop through the hardships of your life kind of. And then your moon sign, my Scorpio moon is who you are when people really get to know you. Right. Like your, your emotional life, the hidden part of you that like only comes out to play here and there. But like when people get to know you on a really intimate level, they start experiencing you more like that. So I think most people experience me as Libra. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely how you present. And I have heard um, astrologers like have that interpretation. My moon is in Libra. So I guess Libra is who I am behind closed doors. But uh, my public face is in Aries. Very, very demanding. And (laughs) and And Aries are are great starters. Like they start. Yeah. I know. Problem is finishing it, which I've gotten better about over over the years, a lot better about. But that was, I think my problem as like a a young person is like, I want to do this and this and this and that and, and never kind of completing it. But Every Aries I know has that challenge. That fire starter. (laughs) They're big starters. I just, um, it hasn't aired yet, but I had an author named Ryan Kerr on the podcast and, or he hasn't been on the podcast. I interviewed him for the podcast upcoming, Uh, but we were talking about that. He's an Aries, but he just wrote like this massive novel 
and spoiler alert, he published it independently, which I didn't know. I learned it through talking to him and I was like, oh, that's so interesting because you're Aries. And so he gave some tips about that because that is the biggest stumbling block I've seen for the Aries in my life. Is yeah. Love to start new things. <laughs> I do think like the Libra moon kind of like balances me out, but oh, yeah. I mean, on the, the topic of of bringing it back to like balance, what about time management for you with everything that you do? And I would like to know also um, how your practice has changed working with Saturn. Do you still work with Saturn? For those of you listening, if you listen to Joanna's podcast, which you should, she's had a long love affair with Saturn, the planet (laughs) (laughs) that has helped her. (laughs) Uh, Saturn and Athena were really fun because I just, I discovered them after I had already like made a public spectacle of myself. So people kind of went on that journey with me, like, Ooh, yeah. you know, all, all of a sudden like Athena, you know, and then yeah. same with, same with Saturn. It was like Saturn. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> uh, you know, and Saturn rules Capricorn, my rising. And that's, oh, yeah. what, so that's what, that's really important to my connection with Saturn. And this is funny because I love to talk smack about astrology. And then I say this, making a big hypocrite of myself. But I do it all the time, too. <laughs> yeah, mix it up. Be controversial. Anyway, uh, so Saturn for me personally is about time and structures. I, I have bone and teeth issues just from a hard life in my past, things that I still have to correct some things that I'll live with for probably the rest of my life. That's very Saturnian. (laughs) Saturn rules the bones and teeth and the structures of your life and time. The thing that I have found to be so true is, you know what I was saying when I first launched my business, I had like this structure in place. Like these are the rhythms. That's very Saturnian to put like structures in your place. I'm a big believer in the structure of freedom because like I said, it only takes a, a limited amount of willpower. You only need like three to four weeks of willpower to get a new habit in place. And then it sets you free because you don't even have to think about it. Yeah. So Saturn is like a taskmaster, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, but also an amazing teacher. It's like difficult, but if you're up to the challenge, it will set you free. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something about that and you, you keep bringing it back to balance because of Libra and the scales. I find, I find that quality to be very helpful and grounding to me as a very creative Libra. I love fashion. I love style. I love visuals. I love words. I love books. I love movies. I love music. I love people like, ah! It all. <laughs> all the things. I have 10 million ideas and every day new ideas. And that is useless. Literally, like that is useless. It's just a bunch of like chaos. And so Saturn is about like creating a container. Right. <laughs> so like, you know, how do those different things come together and make sense? How do you make it make sense to other people? So I found that to be a good balance for all that. Like, blah, blah, I'm just like creative energy all the time. I'm very happy there. Yeah. Other, other people experience that as flakiness. It, it's very chaotic. Uh, it, you couldn't start a business like that. People try. 
people try all the time. They want to do all the things and it can be really, it's like, it feels like a sacrifice to pick a thing and do it when you know that you could do all these other things and you yeah. can do it well, you know? So I have found structure to be really useful and then working with Saturn, this is partly why I'm a big planner nerd too. That was my next question. So go ahead, go, yeah. go for it. <laughs> How does planning fit into your life? <laughs> uh, well, to keep it on Saturn, you know, one of the most basic things is this timer method that I use. And it always makes me think of Saturn because Saturn is father time. Or if, if, if you want to think of it as grandmother time, that's totally cool. To me, it's just an archetype. Yeah. But there's something weird about really when you connect with an archetype, when you work with an archetype, some mysterious witchy thing happens where you actually start to feel guided and you're like, Saturn? <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Is that you? <laughs> Are you there, Saturn? It's me, Joanna. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of moments like that. One is I feel Saturn gifted me with a 12-week year, which I will talk about in a second. But to talk about what the timer method is, yeah, just set a timer. I, I talk about it all the time, but it's so simple. I think people want complexity <laughs> and it's not complex at all. You set a timer for 20 minutes and you're like, for 20 minutes, this works in two ways. For 20 minutes, I will do this fun thing that I know I'm gonna get carried away with and then the rest of the day is gonna get wasted because I'm gonna get so carried away and I really got nothing accomplished. So you allow yourself 20 minutes to play. This is where the freedom comes in because if you set a timer, you're not looking at the clock. Oh, 20 minutes is coming up. Oh no. Yeah. Get fully immersed in the thing you're doing. It's a pleasure. It's a joy. And then the timer goes off and you know, okay, I'm done I, I, until the next time. Right. It also is amazing for things you don't want to do. If you hate working out, but you know you need to work out, you can set your timer, make a commitment. I'm just going to work out for 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes of a real workout five days a week will change your life. A hundred percent it will. So set your timer for 15 minutes and give it all you got for 15 minutes. And again, you're not looking at the clock. You're not like, you're free because you, you know, the 15 minutes is going to come to an end. It's not that much time. And the timer goes off and you got the thing done. Yeah. Uh, it's great for writing. It's great for anything that you feel a lot of resistance around, or again, anything that you might just get carried away with, but is kind of pointless and you have things to do that day. So that's what I love that for. Did that answer the time yes. question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, it did. It's the structure that gives you freedom. It so is. Yeah. Uh, and then so is the 12 week year, which is a book called the 12 week year that I really, honestly, I don't, I can't explain it, but I feel like Saturn was like, here, have a book. Take this. <laughs> <laughs> it will change your life. And it's, it's a mindset. It's a framing, you know, a lot of people that have their own business, they go quarterly anyway, they pay quarterly taxes and, mm -hmm. and move in a quarterly sense. So you could be like, isn't this just a quarterly thing? No, it is not. No, it is not because it is a mindset. A 12 week year is getting into the mindset that each week is a month of the year. And then you have a 13th, which I think is very witchy, like rest week. So it ends up being 13. Nice. Weeks, yeah. You know, in between. And I find that that 13th week to be really 
powerful for integration and rest and kind of regrouping before you launch into the next 12 week year, but you can do four in a year and with the rests in between and everything, which is awesome. And it's about, I mean, get the book <laughs> if it, this is interesting to you, but it really creates a high level of productivity and focus. And the book's premise is that like people on Happy New Year, you know, they're so excited to set their New Year resolutions, but that a full year is too much time. Mm -hmm. It's too much freedom. It's, there's no structure really to it. And so they end up not getting anything done. Yeah. And, and when you narrow it down like that and you create this smaller container, it's like, oh, three months is, I think it helps with commitment because people are scared to commit. Yeah. It's kind of like what I was saying about a 15 minute workout. It's like, okay, I can probably do 15 minutes. If, if you want to do a thing and you're like, I don't know, three months, I could give it three months and see how it goes. It's a great testing ground to see if something works for you. It's a great amount of time to finish a project. It's, it's just, to me, it just feels very right. It feels yeah. good. It served me. So that is also one of my, my favorite Saturnian things. Well, I've, I've heard you talk about it here and there, I think probably on Patreon. And I've been kind of flirting with the idea of doing it myself. So I think I might uh, next year do like a 12-week a year. The intensity of it scares me a little bit because I'm someone who stresses really easily. So, I mean, I guess one week is January and the next week is February already. That's how it works, right? Like that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel like I would, I would get very nervous. So I need to like prep myself mentally beforehand. Um, does it make you nervous at all that like that the time Heck ticks no. that fast? No, 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 I love it. But I'm so grounded. You're such a grounded Libra. <laughs> I don't know. I I enjoy it. So yeah. I mean, if it, it stresses you out, maybe you won't. I don't think any of the things that I'm into are for everyone. Like just before we came on, just a little behind the scenes for people. You had sent me like a big list of questions, things we will talk about today. This is what I, I do, like, guys. I glanced at it. I was like, okay. And I tried to tell you like, yeah, I just got to fly by the seat of my pants. But we started talking before and I was like, yeah. I actually don't like those questions because I experienced that as overwhelmed. Yeah. Even though I know most people love it because when I ask strangers to come on my podcast, they always ask for that. And I'm like, that's not how I roll. <laughs> We're just going to um, go with it. <laughs> yeah. So to each their own, like, you're like, I love, the, I need the list. The mm -hmm. list help me not feel anxious, whereas they make me feel anxious. So you have to find what works for you. I think that know thyself is so important as a witch, as a business person. Uh, I find it liberating. I find yeah. structure liberating again, cause I have so much, wee, you know, just spinning, spinning, spinning. I need to put it somewhere and yeah. that it's a nice, nice little container. Like, hmm. I think your, your, your Aries might love it. If you think, Ooh, I, you know, I can start this thing and finish it in three months. Then I get to start a new thing. Because yeah. I, <laughs> I love starting like, things. Yeah. It's like four opportunities to have a fresh start every single year. And I love that. Yeah. And, and it's not about like cramming a month's worth of living into one week. It's about picking like three goals that are important to you 
breaking them down into achievable tasks and habits. There's a focus on developing habits and then kind of measuring your progress. And I think the number that they say is good job is if you hit 85% of, you know, what, what you set out to do that week, you are, that's a plus, 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 plus. Oh, wow. Okay. 50% is okay too. Yeah. It's about like momentum. Right. And making something actually happen in your life. So it's, it's not your whole life packed into, you know, of living in a month packed into one week. It's, it's, again, it's just a mindset. It's growth either way. Yeah. I think my 2021, I'm probably going to dive into that, but, um, Coming towards the end, I do have some Discord questions for you. Um, okay. So I asked Discord, I told Discord that I was going to interview you. And one of them wants to know, what's your number one tip for the kick-ass life of your dreams? So for those of you listening, that's what Joanna asks everyone at the end of her podcast. So we're flipping yeah. it now. So <laughs> Who asked this? Who would ask this question? That's like the first thing that comes to mind. I feel like Rachel, Karen, or Joanne maybe asked this. Question. No, actually, no. Um, Rachel said that she was going to ask a question, and then she's like, "No, I'll just ask her myself <laughs> later." <laughs> and then, um, oh, this was one of—I don't know if she's a patron of yours. She's my patron, Tara. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't think she's. I'm not sure if she's I a patron have... of both. We have a lot of overflow between our patreons. I've, I've <laughs> noticed, but. <laughs> My, I mean, that it's a hard question, which is why I like asking it of people. And I always just say like, oh, what's the first thing that comes to mind? So people like don't really get stuck on it. Mm -hmm. So I guess my thing would be self-care as like a physical practice, like taking care of yourself in a physical way. And I say this as a person who does too many things, like I, you know, like, September was really, really, really hard for me. And one of the hardest times I've had in years, I think I really, really struggled uh, because just the pandemic caught up with me. And I, and I realized it's strange. I had a delayed reaction. I think like the first five to six months of it, I was like, roll up your sleeves. It's a challenge. We can yeah. totally do this. And then I think my son and I, at the exact same time, we both had this like, Oh, crash. This isn't going away. Like, this is our new life. And I knew that intellectually, but the rest of me hadn't caught up. So uh, there was nothing I could do about the momentum I had already created. I had to keep showing up in my business. So what I really leaned on was physical practices, like this kind of yoga stretchy thing that I do all throughout the day and going on walks and taking a bath, breathing exercises. I, when I think of self-care, I have to bring it into my body because I'm such an airhead. Like I, I can live up in my, my head so much yeah. <laughs> that taking care of like the physical animal of my body is really empowering for me and helps me do all the other things that I want to do. So that's yeah. my elaborate tip. No, that's that's a good answer. I think especially now that a lot of people are at home and now that I'm working from home, I'm finding it that I, I have to make a point to do like, you know, a 15 minute exercise on YouTube or get out to take a walk or something. Otherwise, my back like clenches up. <laughs> Yes, yes. Somebody should do the ebook of like how not to break your back working yeah. from home. Because so much of it is like 
how do I sit? And you know, like I have a standing desk, mm-hmm. so I can sit and stand and sit and stand. But oh, most of the time, uh, people won't be able to hear this in the podcast. But this is how I sit most of the time uh, at oh. a at an incline with pillows behind my back because my back will go out if I. Yeah. It's a lot of sitting and staring into a computer. <laughs> so this is the life, guys. <laughs> mm. Um. So wrapping up, um, I would love you to tell my listeners about the the new Bizwitch stuff that you have coming up. Um, where we can find you. Although I am going to have everything linked below. But what's your next stuff coming up? What's what's on the horizon? I yeah, I have a course. It's Bizwitch One Hundred and One. It's an audio journey that. I find audio journeys are great for my crowd because they're podcast listeners. And so it's an audio journey called BizWitch 101. There will be a link, I'm sure, somewhere around here. And then before that, if you just want to see what's up with that, I have the free ebook, which is, it's 13 tips, 13 principles of making your business a spiritual practice. So again, it's kind of a mindset, but it's all the things that like witchy people talk about and then they forget yes. when, they're, when they're trying to start like yes. <laughs> And I also just want it to be, a lot of people think they want to do what we do. It seems like freedom. It seems like fun. It seems really creative and it's all those things, but it's also very challenging. There's yeah. a lot of work involved. A lot of people are trying to do this all at the same time which means, you know, yes, the market is saturated, but there's only one you. Right. And, you know, you can, you can lean on that. There's only one you. So if you can find a unique way to connect with people and deliver value, that's awesome. But again, it's going to be a ride. It's going to be a spiritual ride, like getting to that place. So it's partly the, the free ebook is kind of a warning and a bit of advice, like all wrapped up, like this is what really got your this is what you're getting yourself into, you know, oh, and hope just be warned. <laughs> be warned. And, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. It's yeah. amazing. Besides my son, this is the best thing I've ever done ever. Oh, amazing. I can't wait for that. Joanna, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm living out my fangirl dreams here. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Yay. Possibility department. That concludes our interview with Joanna DeVoe. I hope you enjoyed it and head over to the links in the description to find her website, her Patreon, her content, and her new ebook. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. As always, if you appreciate this episode and the content that I create, one of the best ways you can support me is by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, or tagging me in a story on Instagram promoting the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, and stay mysterious.